Tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. Are you ready? LifeRadio.fm. It is Ye Old Mark and Max show, the Friday edition. <laughs> Congratulations. We started out with Ye Old. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to get it out of the way. It was kind Yay. of on my brain. I apologize. All right, so Marky Mark, three firefighters. Well, out of Virginia, I feel like I'm telling a joke. Three yeah. firefighters walk <laughs> into a fire station. All right, <laughs> a leopard walks into a Mercedes factory. Yeah, there a, you go. A Virginia fire station experienced a miniature baby boom when three of the firefighters became dads at the same hospital within 24 hours. The Spotsylvania, Yikes. yeah, the Spotsylvania Regional Med- Medical Center said in a Facebook post that three babies were born within 24 hours at the facility, and each father involved works as a firefighter at Fort Belvoir Fire Department and emer- or Fire and Emergency Services at uh, the Fort Belvoir Army Base. And they said, uh, we're, we're excited wow. to welcome these little ones into the world. These dads, Kyle Dean, Kyle Frederick, and Michael Irvine, could Michael just mm-hmm. change his what name to Kyle? Odds? Wouldn't that be good? Yeah. You know, he said, what are the odds, yeah. man? You know, they said they joked in the weeks before uh, the birth about what it would be like if the three babies ended up sharing a birthday. Uh, Dean <laughs> said uh, a few weeks before we were a few weeks before we were all together at work and talked about how it, how it was, how crazy it would be. We saw each other in the hallway, stuff like that. The men said they were pleasantly surprised to discover their wives were all in labor at the same time. And Irvine oh. said, once I found out, I actually told the nurses, hey, just a heads up, two of my guys are coming in as well. <laughs> wow. We ended up with a ner- nickname from the nickname from the nursing staff as the Fab Three. Well, bless their hearts. Meanwhile, <laughs> a granny is calling, wondering why her cat is still up in a tree and nobody will come and get it. liferadio.fm it is the mark and mag show hey quick reminder uh, we appreciate when you share that you're listening to the show we do um just social media listening to mark and mac liferadio.fm that's the best way to go um also on our main website for liferadio.fm there's the daily bible reading you can start at the beginning january or you could just pick up now i mean we're now far enough into the year that you probably want to just pick up now you know it's reading the bible in a year and there yeah. you go so anyway mark i i don't know much about comic books you know i really don't i know that some people are really into them and and i acknowledge that i don't even i don't mock what people are into i don't i'm cuz i'm into some weird stuff i guess right yeah um but i wasn't into comic books when i was a kid so when I see adults that are really into it, I'm like, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Couldn't you go get some baseball cards or something? So anyway, <laughs> that I could relate to, you know? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, now we've got a rare Marvel comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a rare Marvel comics. Number one. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure of all this stuff here. Okay. Okay. The ultra rare pay copy of 1939's Marvel comics. Number one sold for more than $2.4 million in an auction. Auction site Comic Connect said the rare comic book, which features the first appearances of characters Namor the Submariner, uh, Submariner and uh, the Human Torch, um, an android precursor to the more well-known Marvel character from the Fantastic Four, sold for $2,427,777.65 after 33 bids. The comic book published by Wait Timely... Oh, Mark, yes. you know, when they're doing the, uh, doing the auction and people are raising their hand. Okay. <laughs> Usually they go up by, you know, a couple thousand dollars at a pop. Right. Yeah. But on this one, were they really going up by cents? Do I hear 65 cents? Do I, can, I mean, the auctioneer is doing 2,427,770, you know, and 65 cents. Do I hear 70? And there's one guy in the back going. I just can't go another nickel. I just can't go another nickel. I mean, really, you know, is that, and now he's at home going, I lost it over a nickel. I couldn't do it. Mom would have killed me. Um, <laughs> Life radio dot FM is the Mark and Mac show. Great to have you with us today. You know, you've got, all day long, the soundtrack for your life is playing. You know, you'll enjoy it. Just crank it up. I know I, I did yesterday. I had to, I was out and about running around and I had it on the station for a good part of the day. And it was, I was in such a better mood yeah. that even when I got behind this really 
really <laughs> bad driver going down Bynum Leatherwood Road. I was oh, like, no. I'm okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? He was going slow, having trouble maintaining his line. And I could tell by the way he was hunched over the steering wheel that he didn't always look like this. You know, <laughs> there was a time when he probably was a coach or whatever, but now he's hunched over and he's probably grousing about, why is that old guy up on my bumper? And he needs to back off. I'm going to, I tap the brake, but I can't move my cane. You know, that kind of guy. <laughs> anyway, but I'm listening to the tune, so I was in a good mood. It was all right. Well, that's good. Um, I got to go back to something a minute yeah, ago, Mark. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Other than insulting comic book collectors by saying it make their mom mad. Beyond that, but I was looking at something else associated with this quote unquote pay copy of the Marvel thing. Right, yeah. Is it was discovered this particular comic book was discovered in the early nineties. Mm -hmm. And since the time it was found in a filing cabinet, um, it has been sold several times. Mm -hmm. It was sold now it just sold for nearly two and a half million dollars. Yeah. It was sold in two thousand ten. For two hundred and twenty-seven thousand, yeah. So it has increased in the last eleven years by more than two million dollars in mm -hmm. value. Yeah, and I'm just thinking, do the characters on Big Bang Theory get a commission on this? <laughs> because there, that's got to be it, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, over uh, really over ten times the value in, in eleven years. Yes, that's just amazing. I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I again, I'm not mocking how what anybody collects or anything else, but that's kind of remarkable. I mean, yeah. it does go to show you that the value has gone up, and yeah. these aren't Pokemon cards. No. You can't go back, you know, and make a new one from 1939. Right. And this one is, is wow. exceptionally rare because the publisher, the reason they call it the pay copy is because the publisher, Lloyd Jacket, Jacket uh, made notes on the pages okay. in this one about, okay, this person would still need to pay him, still need to pay this guy, still need to pay. Oh. So, so that was why they call it the pay copy. He had made notes inside oh. this book to give back to somebody, say, okay, make sure these people get paid. And Oh, how funny. So this yeah. was like a real working copy. Yes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's that's even cooler, you yeah. know? So I wonder, do the uh, do the relatives of these contributors actually get part of the money, you know? <laughs> um. I would say that's probably a no. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing you're right. Yeah. Wow. I am going to start going to yard sales looking for comic books now, you know? <laughs> well, great. Uh, what, that, and he said, well, Dave, what would you pick out? I would find a house that has a basement in it because you know the collector at some point was living in the basement of his mom's house. Look and see if there's Dungeons and Dragons paraphernalia, and then you've hit the jack jackpot. You know they've got to be valuable comic books there. liferadio.fm it is the mark and mac show and someday and i know today's friday so we're okay with that yeah. you know it's just <laughs> some things are going to catch me a little weird today mark and i don't know why <laughs> that just that comic book thing does all right now <laughs> well, when the, the buyer, headline when the buyer chooses to remain anonymous <laughs> you yeah. gotta suspect yeah he still lives in his mom's basement you know he's <laughs> i know <laughs> 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 guy in his 40s says he lives out of the usa yeah just how do you have your mom's they, how do you have your mom's basement declared a foreign country that's there what i want to know well <laughs> mark you know i actually went on a tag a, a thing you know how i'll get into these conspiracy things from time to time mm -hmm. and when i was researching one i found uh a, it was one of these rabbit hole trails i was following i I don't know. I don't know what I was researching at the time, but I ended up researching people who tried to form their own countries and people who tried to secede from a nation, you know, uh -huh. and it was like one of them. Uh, he formed his own country by using like a he built like a Gilligan's Island raft. OK. Wow. And he used like a, a Ford big block engine as his anchor. Uh -huh. And he declared it, you know, he declared his own country out there in the bay kind <laughs> That's of thing. Funny. And issued his own stamps and stuff like that. I mean, just huh. to see the weirdness that some people will do. Yeah. But 
I got a feeling this comic book collector guy might be that kind of guy. He's uh, he's he's in his, he's declared his mom's basement a sovereign nation, and he has you know stopped trading with the people who live upstairs. That's what it is. But he's, he's because he has lived in his mom's basement un- until he's in his forties now. Okay, right. He's managed to save a lot of money, but that he normally would have spent on on a mortgage and things like that. He's probably got yeah a, he's a probably, life. He's got a scooter. He doesn't have a car. You know, so <laughs> he's so, got a that's right and he probably works for a tech company and he's just been saving money which explains where he got two and a half million (laughs) dollars if you're missing what we're talking about a guy paid two and a half million dollars for a really cool comic book uh, at auction the other day and we're just kind of fascinated by that because again not knocking what anybody does as a a, you know i know there are a lot of really cool people that are into comic books i know that yeah I'm just not one of them. That's yeah. all. I wasn't allowed such things. If I had, uh, again, I was gonna just gonna not, say, if I had two and a half million dollars in the bank, it, I wouldn't be going to a comic book auction. I'd be going someplace, and you'd go, "Hey, where's Mark?" Because yeah. I'd be, I would disappear. I'd be gone, man. That's the thing. If I had two and a half million dollars, I might take the time to call a press conference. But <laughs> other than that, you know, I might not. <laughs> the following people, and now, yeah. Fuck her up, baby. Yeah, Dave's gone. LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Mac show. And Mark, when you sent me this story yesterday, yeah, I'm not kidding. I kept thinking, okay, there's a Pizza Hut by the pyramids. <laughs> Did the sand get blown a different direction and we found that this is a really old one that just now is uncovered archaeologists have just discovered the first right there you go that's what i'm wondering and you know or is there somebody taking advantage of all the tourists you know everybody's seen these pictures of the pyramids you know there you see them with a standing majestically on the uh, on the skyline with a desert going off miles behind them i but lately You've been seeing pyramids pictures, the pyramids of Giza, excuse me, a little bit different from the traditional views. Um, The first reveals that far from being surrounded by sand on all sides, this complex where the pyramids are sits right next to an urban area. I have, I worked with some people who went to Egypt a few years ago uh, to do some ministry work and they sent back pictures of riding camels and things like that. And when they got back, they said, (laughs) they said, Hey, you'd be surprised. I mean, you see, you see this picture of the pyramids all the time with the desert. Well, if you turn around and face the other direction, there's buildings. There's a city there. <laughs> I mean, there's right. a, it's oh, right yeah. next to it. It's right up next to an urban area. And then wow. there's another shot that you see now on the Internet that uh, the encroachment might even be worse. You can see the sphinx in the pyramids from inside of a pizza hut next door. You sit down and eat your pizza Yikes. and look at the at the pyramids mm-hmm. and the Sphinx. Now, if you look at these photos and think, so, think okay, I know a little no, more about the world. That's that's great. That's fine. But there's some people they 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 put a weird spin on these pictures. They're saying that the uh, the common conception of the pyramids is a lie. They're suggesting that most photos have been carefully staged to exclude the truth, and that's misleading. Much more misleading mm-hmm. than a traditional picture. Perfect shots are. And yeah, the city of Giza mm-hmm. is developed right up to the east side of the Giza Plateau wow. and that has the pyramids, but also, yes, miles of featureless sand stretch to the south. And if you just go past another mm-hmm. development to the west, that desert continues for thousands of miles. And okay. so, so it is, it's, it, it does have desert all around it, except just there, <laughs> you know, wow. People are getting hacked okay. off about it. Well, why get angry? learn something wow well just know that those aren't the only pyramids for you know first of all there are pyramids all over the world and by the way there are some in different continents that are exact made the exact same way second of all just so you know it was not a mausoleum for you know birth for dead people or anything like that this actually was a power source that Tesla was able to redefine back in the 1890s ah. and early 1900s. Okay. And I, the one thing that people don't realize is there used to be a cap on top of the main pyramid. A metal of, uh, you know, oh, because good. of electricity. Oh, I was yeah. The, All right. So, it was taken yeah, over was, time because well, it was a, worth something. It's got a cap on the top. Does it have the New York Yankees logo on it or what? Fine. We mock what we don't understand. And we enjoy it. (laughs) 
LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Mac show. It's a glorious day. It's Friday. Woo-hoo. And yeehaw. You know, um, Mark, March today, March 25th, uh, Sunday being the 27th is the anniversary of the Palm Sunday tornado that I was involved in. Wow. And it, it's one of those things because uh, Palm Sunday, first of all, happening on a Sunday from an anniversary standpoint, you know, is an odd thing. You know, it's one of those things that when you, you have a date, March 27th, 1994, and there are other times where it's on a Tuesday or whatever. It just doesn't seem the same. This one will seem the same, although it's not Palm Sunday. That's happening April 10th, I yeah, think. Yeah. And anyway, just one of those markers in my life that changed a lot of, there's the before, before the tornado and after the tornado. And what's shocking to me is how many massive tornadoes have happened since then and how we forget you know how how soon we forget that um somebody today is traumatized over something that happened 10 20 years ago in their life on this date you know at least i forget maybe i'm the only one i'm just callous or whatever Mm. but every time i'm reminded of it you know I, i remember the day you and i were on the air in birmingham and it was around 7.20-ish in the morning, and there was a small little uh, storm in Talladega County, and it was moving up. And a warning went up for a tornado. There was a tornado watch, you know, which means conditions are favorable for right. a tornado to occur. Tornado right. warning means, hey, we spotted one kind of thing. Yeah. And anyway, on that morning, it was a small little twister. You know, didn't think anything of it. It was just boom it's here it's gone that was that was all we did Mm. and it was you know a little nudge well it was only later on in the day that it was a small twister but that small twister did hit the talladega super speedway wow and it did some damage to the grandstands and then it popped over the interstate i-20 and went into the small community of bynum where it didn't do major damage but it did enough it knocked over a huge tree that then fell onto a single white trailer killing an elderly woman who was drinking a cup of coffee sitting in her recliner. Mm. I mean, and then it went up and came back down and destroyed another house and then went away. The thing is, is that when we were doing the show that morning, we blew it off. I just a little twister, nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know what? I think of the family of that woman that morning, you know, yeah, that it wasn't a small twister with nothing to worry about. It cost them their grandmother or whoever. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I think about that house that was ruined, actually lifelong friends of my wife mm. went to the same church for 20 years, you know, yeah. and it was their house that was destroyed. And, and by the way, it took them years to recover from that. Mm. Anyway, it was just the things that sometimes we think are inconsequential are actually life changing for someone else. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah. Being a bummer, that's what it is, man. Mm. I'm just trying to bring you down. <laughs> no. It's Friday, you're feeling good. I want to, you know, I'm just you in know, that mood today, Mark. Yeah, speaking of tornadoes, there's a there's a story in our stack, and I'm just going to go ahead and pull it to the top here. Uh, there was a young girl rescued after the tornado. You know, we talked about this tornado in New Orleans the other day. And uh, this, this young girl has been rescued after a tornado ripped through her New Orleans house and lifted the house into the air and dropped it 30 feet away into the middle of the street. Wow. And she was in the house. Mm. Neighbors said the parents of the girl climbed out of the wreckage when the tornado hit their residential neighborhood Tuesday night, and they were screaming frantically for help. The daughter, who uses a wheelchair, was on a breathing oh. machine, and she was stuck inside oh. the damaged home. Um, wow. Chuck Hirsch told the Times-Picayune New Orleans advocate that he called emergency services uh, as he saw his neighbor on Prosperity Street trying to reach his daughter in the wreckage. Firefighters quickly arrived and carried her out on a blanket. The St. Bernard Parish uh, President Guy McInnes described the rescue, and he says the child is in the hospital, and she's doing fine. So she's good, but picked the whole house up, moved it over 30 feet, and dropped it in the street. You know, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I mean, wow, what a great thing. But yeah. if somebody were quick thinking, mm. they could go grab some ruby slippers and some stockings <laughs> and just put them outside that, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Life radio.fm. It is the Mark and Mac show. And uh, wow, man, 
you know, a couple minutes ago when you were telling the story about the uh, young girl yeah. uh, in New Orleans during the Twister, I'm still a little bit, you know, thinking about that, thinking, man, as a parent, as, you know, all the things that go into it, that's mm-hmm. just remarkable. You know, you'll be reliving that for a long oh, time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Of how did, you know, and just count your many blessings. Name the member mm. singing that song. I do. Boy. Oh, I was be singing that one real loud. You know, Joe is back in New Orleans. He'd been in Oxford for a while. Oh, yeah. Oxford, Mississippi for a while. He's back in New Orleans. Um, and uh, he uh, he used to live right where that tornado hit. Really? Yeah. I mean, he he we used to go to his place. He lived in this little this apartment in this rundown building next to a uh, yeah. this this dive of a of a barbecue joint. Actually, the place is called mm-hmm. the joint. That's what it's called, <laughs> <laughs> and it sits right next to the dive. <laughs> well, the joint is actually doing really really well now. They've moved and right. uh, they're <laughs> amazing barbecue. But <clears throat> but he used to live right in there. So he said, "Oh yeah, like that's wow. just like over the over the bridge from where I lived, right right there." Wow. Holy cow. Is that going to be one of those 9-11 things where people said, you know, Jackie Chan was actually studying for a movie as a window washer at the World Trade Center when it had, you know. I doubt it, but, but we could try. Yeah. yeah. Could be. Well, you know, we not to go back to the Palm Sunday tornado, yeah. but, you know, after it happened, there were a number of people who claimed to have been there. And I, well, I was there, so I, and I knew they weren't. Mm-hmm. And I was always bothered by that, you know, because they thought, well, I can get away with claiming this. And then I thought, you know what? Um, there were people. Well, let's just make this all about Dave today, okay? Can we do that, Mark? <laughs> Why not? Hey, I learned. I learned something that day about perspective, because um, I there were people that were actually in the tornado that I was in in the church building, um, Palm Sunday '94, and I heard them telling stories. Um, on in particular, ABC thirty three forty with James Spann and you know, cause he's done updates over the years, mm-hmm. the 10th year, 20 year anniversaries. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I heard these people telling their personal story of what happened that day when the tornado hit. And mm. I remember watching one of them going, they were not there. That did not happen. You wow. know? And, um, but the thing was, is, um, I actually started looking, I was like, wait a minute, they were there. I was there, but we were separated by about 30 feet inside that building. And, if you were, and I mean this, they were telling a story that was as true to them because it was mm-hmm. true to them. My story was totally different. I was 30 feet away. Yeah. And it really taught me a lot about perspective and how, what people see and what they do. You know, you realize that when that, when the tornado hit the church and the roof fell down on top, well, a brick wall on the left-hand side of the church fell in. I was on that side, had the brick wall on me, but the roof landed on the top of the pews on the right-hand side. And so the people that were there, they were able to just walk, mm-hmm. crawl out. Yeah. Uh, bec- and they were unharmed. No, the, none of the people who were, none of the fatalities occurred on that side. And I mean, it's just as scary for them, just as horrific oh, yeah, for them, yeah. but their story in retelling it is totally different than mine. Yeah. And the only difference was about 25, 30 feet of mm. space. Wow. And I mean, when you think about it, that is our life. We can we can be in almost the same spot at the same time and take away totally different ideas of what took place, and we're both 100% accurate. LifeRadio.fm, Mark and Mac Show, cruising along, singing a song, side by side. You know, <laughs> oftentimes on this program, we, we share stories of overcoming um tra- overcoming adversity and uh, not giving up when i see this story mark mm-hmm. this is like takes away a lot of excuses for folks a 101 year old man presented with his high school diploma yeah he had to drop out of high school in west virginia back in the 1930s and he got his diploma he was presented with a diploma more than 80 years later Jefferson County Schools in West Virginia said Merrill Pittman Cooper, he's 101, attended Storer College, a former high school in Harpers Ferry, but he had to drop out during his senior year in 1938 when he and his mother relocated to Philadelphia for financial reasons. Cooper expressed regret about never graduating during a 2018 visit to the former Storer College campus, leading relatives to reach out to Jefferson County Schools. 
Those efforts culminated this month in Cooper being presented with an honorary diploma by Jefferson County Schools in a graduation ceremony attended by his family. Jefferson County Schools Superintendent Bondi Shea Gibson learned said Jefferson County Schools is committed to helping every student, young or old, fulfill their dreams. For Mr. Cooper, that meant receiving a high school diploma. We are honored to help make that dream a reality. Well, then don't make it an honorary diploma. Yeah. Make it a real one. What's your deal, man? I know. You know? Yeah. It's give this of- guy a hey, give him a test or something. Let him graduate. That ain't graduating. That's just you know what, Mark? I guess we could go to that school and start paying these people with, you know, monopoly money. Hmm. Here you go. Here. How much you want? A thousand? Okay, here you go. Very I'm great. giving you an honorary paycheck. It's not it's, you can't cash right. it, but it's the thought sure. that counts. But you know what? We want to make your dream of getting paid a reality. So here you go. <laughs> the Mark and Mac Show. liferadio.fm it is the mark and mac show and uh, the the friday edition kind of excited about it got big plans for the weekend oh yeah yeah i'm gonna sit in the recliner and uh i actually mark i'm going to replace batteries uh in the remote control i noticed it wasn't working as fast as i expect and you got a big weekend going on then yep (laughs) yeah hey have you been following the story of Brittany griner the uh wnba player who is stuck in russia right now I'm not following. I'm aware of it, but I haven't been following it. Okay. For all of you who have been watching it, okay. Um, Brittany Griner was caught with um, hash oil when she was going into Russia, um, which it's illegal there. Okay. Um, Bringing drugs into the country uh, as a foreigner, you're looking at some serious time. Wow. Uh, In this particular case in Russia, 10 years in prison. And by the way, their prison aren't, they're not like ours. Um, I know we've got some rough prisons, uh, but theirs are working prisons in a lot of cases. And, uh, the work is usually pounding big rocks into little rocks kind of thing. Mm, yeah. Um, but she has, it's become an international thing, begging for help, you know, to get her out of Russia and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, okay, when you're traveling the world, you know, um, in particular like this, uh, where you're an athlete or whatever, they tell you the rules, you know, yeah. ahead of time. If you do this, this could happen. So you probably don't want to do it. And yet she did it anyway and got caught. And now she's being held. Well, before you get all up in arms over, you know, the United States of America and one of our citizens being held over there and blah, blah, blah. I I think you ought to know uh, that Brittany Griner is a woke activist. Okay. Mm. And she was one of the many who said, I honestly feel. We should not play the national anthem. She's that. Okay. okay. I'm just saying um, she's that person who thinks the United States is evil and Mm. that we're wrong. And that, you know, even though she makes her living playing basketball and that we're the bad guy. Okay. For holding her back. Yeah. And capitalism is, is the source of her life. She's, you know, if it weren't for capitalism, she would not have a career. Right. Yeah. But the United States is evil and it all boils. It really, and and you've talked to her, it all boils down to capitalism, which is what buys her groceries. (laughs) But again, she's there in jail because she broke the law and it was a law. They're all made aware of, you know, you're not allowed to bring the, your illegal drugs into our country. Hmm. And she did it anyway. And she got caught. So, you know, um, right now there are, there are thousands of people around the world in jail because they broke the law. Yeah. I dare say millions of people are in jail right now because they broke the law. Oh, wait a minute, Mark. That is why you end up in jail That's when you right. break the law. Yeah. Do you remember? So should this really be a priority? Hmm. Do you remember? Uh, I, I I was just remembering, and I think they were in the seventies. There were these TV commercials about about doing exactly what she just did. And that if you go to prison in, say, Pakistan or someplace like that, that this it's a wholly, a completely different world. Do you remember those commercials? Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen a I commercial. So. I haven't seen anything like that in a long time. And mm-hmm. considering how dumb people are, don't you think we should, right. we should be warning them? Um, no. Just because you think you're going to get away with it doesn't mean you are. You know what I do remember is there was a movie that came out in, like, 
77, 78 called Midnight Express. Yes. Um, Brad Davis was the star of the movie. It was about a guy, an American named Billy Hayes, um, who was smuggling. He got busted for smuggling mm -hmm. and getting, and it was hash. I believe I'll have to go back and look this up now, but, uh, he was trying to smuggle hash and they caught him at the airport and wow. boom, he ended up in a Turkish prison. And by the way, not a happy experience, no, you know, no, not and at all. turned into a, uh, there was a, he wrote a book about it and then that was turned into a film. By the way, Oliver Stone wrote the film. Wow. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he might've won an Academy award for that anyway. Wow. Yeah, so if you're going to another country, by the way, don't use drugs. Mm -hmm. uh, don't use illegal drugs. Mm -hmm. Don't travel to a foreign country with your illegal drugs. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Stop breaking the law. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, Mark... Uh, I enjoy doing the show with you, just Aww. straight up. I think you know that. Well, I do. With feelings mutual, sir. Okay. Well, we were talking earlier about comic books, right? And <laughs> yes. uh, how they sell. And I was mentioning baseball cards because that I can actually relate to. Mm -hmm. And because I, because my brain is filled with stuff that means nothing, you know, to anybody but me, instead of important stuff like, you know, science and whatever. I was looking up, uh, I saw this little thing pop up about Bob Gibson, the uh, Major League Baseball player, mm -hmm. um, who Hall of Famer, and one of his last pitches he threw as a pitcher was against the Chicago Cubs and a guy named Pete Lecoq, and it was hit for a Grand Slam home run. You know, this legendary Hall of Fame pitcher gives up a Grand Slam home run to this pitch. guy. In one. <laughs> yeah. Ten years later, they're playing in an old, uh, at an old-timers game, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Lecoq comes in, Gibson's pitching. You know what he did? He walked him. Gibson. No, he knocked him down. Oh, he really? hit him. That's even better. Gibson hit him. <laughs> That's old school, man. You know? It's like, so cool. I saw this. It was one of those little things that popped up on Facebook, you know, and I thought, it, what would happen? I, I was thinking that maybe Lecoq did it again, you know, got another Grand Slam. No. Gibson didn't give him a chance. He beamed him. That's, that's funny. Because that's how it used to be. When you played back in the day, you hit a home run off a guy. Uh -huh. The next time, he was putting it in your ear, man. You better you be know? wearing that helmet, pal. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Nice and tight, too. That just is so funny. I love Baseball that. season is here. Little yeah. League is being played right now, and right, right. now I know parents are over. What are you doing, Dave? Come on. All right. Good. You know, you, you never intentionally hit anybody. Wink, wink, nod, nod. No, you know? never. It's always I got accident. thrown out of a game one time i was accused of doing that and i'm like really you, you've been umpiring long enough to know that i have absolutely no control you think i tried it i mean you know and why'd you hit him he was in the batter's box he should have moved yeah, I, yeah it's not where i was trying to throw it but you know hey happy happy accident how about that holy moly and here i am thinking that he humiliated the guy by walking him but no he just beamed him that's beautiful yep boom liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and you know mark you and i uh, we talk about our dogs and you know yeah. how how part of the family they are and for anyone who doesn't have a pet a dog or a cat or whatever um you might not even understand what we're talking about but there is a there is a bond that you can have with a pet sometimes and sometimes they're little quirks or obsessions <laughs> will crack you up. Yeah. This one headline says woman puzzled by dogs, odd obsession. Welcome to the club. <laughs> one yeah. dog, one dog owner has shared her dog's special interest, claiming she becomes grumpy when her owners stop her from getting her daily fix. Speaking to Reddit, the woman explained how her German shepherd is obsessed with watching monkey videos on YouTube. She said a few, a few months <laughs> <Is> ago. <it? laughs> yes. Well, I was going to say, my wife loves monkey videos. She's obsessed with them as well. But any kind of comparison I make is going to be a bad one that I will pay for for the rest of my life. Yes, So I'm going to leave it there. You need to just stop while you're ahead, or at least you think you're ahead. Well, speaking to Reddick, she explained that the, the – 
monkey videos on YouTube. She says, a few months ago, I was watching some adorable monkey videos on YouTube when Sasha, our two-year-old dog, came in and she was immediately hooked. She was so engrossed in the videos, she sat through three, wagging her tail the whole time. She even seemed annoyed when I had enough and flipped to something else. A few days later, <laughs> I mentioned it. I mentioned it to my hubby. He he wanted to see if it was really the monkeys or just a small animal on the screen. After testing her with other small animal videos like squirrels, we discovered it's definitely the monkeys. Unable to wow. ever meet her dog's monkey needs, she says Sasha <laughs> will nonstop bark at her until she plays monkey videos on her phone. Oh, no. She says it's gotten to the point that in the evening when we're watching something, to get, she will bark and paw us until we either charge and we that we changed it until we changed to monkey videos. Then she'll happily lay down and watch her video. Although if it's on the phone, she tries to lick it and pauses it. <laughs> Then what happens is she pauses us to unpause it for her. Oh, my word. <laughs> Paused and paused. Oh, wow. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> okay. You know you know what we're going to be doing now. We're going to oh, be yeah. looking for this video because you know they've got a video posted of her dog watching monkey videos. <laughs> that's awesome. liferadio.fm mark and mac show you know mark when we were talking about the the dogs and monkey and and, uh, you know the dog all i was thinking of i'm gonna have to try this i don't know if um i don't know if matt if uh our the latest addition to our herd Mm -hmm. i don't know if hank has a preference you know to what's on tv (laughs) i'm gonna find out yeah yeah Yeah. because he well he's fascinated with you know the glass the sliding glass door at night when the uh it shows his reflection oh yeah um he yeah, he barks like crazy at that. That's funny. Well, there I are. I tried to get him to look in the mirror, but that doesn't work. There are videos on YouTube for dogs. You just look, just look for them. Videos for dogs on YouTube. You'll find them, and it's all for real. Yeah, it's things like squirrels and and stuff in nature. And we did that one day with Kimber. I put on one of those videos and I said, "Hey, Kimber, what's that?" And I pointed at the TV. And she promptly looked at the back door because for some reason, every time I pointed anything, she point looks at the back door, but <laughs> I just don't, yeah, I guess it, wait means a minute. That, <laughs> I a, went to YouTube. Yeah. Type videos for, and uh, it has videos for cats to yeah. watch videos for dogs, kids, yeah. babies, yep. you know, yep. toddlers. Yeah. And then you got videos for one-year-old baby to watch. <laughs> what? They're taking <laughs> lessons from Come Guinness. On. They're coming up with categories for everything. Yes. That's what it is. Exactly. <laughs> oh my word. Well, I'll be watching this. I'm going to find out. Okay, this will be our weekend. Uh, our oh, fine. Thank you, Mark. You have given me <laughs> now my, you have uh, a mission. <laughs> now I have something for. And you know what? It has to be done either in the living room, in my recliner, or in bed. Uh-huh. Those are the only two places where this can occur because I have to be at just the right angle to make notes on uh-huh. my pad. You know, yep. so yep. that we can have it for Monday's show. It's my kind of quest. If I don't do it, Mark, <laughs> there will oh. be a test. <laughs> Yes. Wow. I'm watching one of these videos right now, the yeah. TV for dogs. Bless your heart. And I'm looking at this squirrel with two birds. Like, uh-huh. man, I'm kind of getting hungry. Kimber sat there, stared, her ears perked up, and she stared at the screen, just stared at it. Just, wow. Wow, it works. Okay. It works. There we go. Will that stop her from this barking when I get out of my recliner? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Mark. Hurry, hurry, hurry. <laughs> You and I ought to create a dog whisperer thing because, you know, oh, no. it, well, people have jobs like that. The dog whisperer. This this person has insight into your dog. It's kind of like what do dreams mean or whatever people uh-huh. that you can make stuff up. It doesn't matter. You know, you can't prove that I'm wrong have to because I have no clue. <laughs> so I can tell you what these dogs are thinking. I am the dog whisperer. I'll tell you exactly. No. When you know what you think he wants to go outside to get. Some, he wants you to get him some water. How do I know that? His dish is empty. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Mag Show. Good to have you with us today as we head into the weekend. Mark, I was, you know how you have those moments where you're just kind of going, I think I need a vacation. <laughs> and I was having one of those and I thought, well, where would I like to go? Yeah. yeah. You know, and I will tell you that my, uh, one of the places I've thought would be a cool place to go, but I don't know how cool it would be is Venice, mm. you know, in Italy. Yeah. Have you ever been there? No. 
I never have never been to okay. Europe, but, uh, yeah, I would love to go. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> it just seems like a cool place to go visit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a place where the streets have no name because there are no streets, you know? Right. They're on water, right? It's I mean, canals, you have to use yeah. a little canal thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I'd love to. when I see this hotel, this says, or this story says Venice hotels, arming guests to ward off seagulls. <laughs> oh, seagull. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hotels in Venice, Italy, announced guests are being armed against the city's aggressive seagulls with an unusual form of protection. No, no, they're the water water guns. The AVA, the Hoteliers Association in the city of France, said guests are being given orange water guns to ward off the city's seagulls, which are known to aggressively go after food and anything else they see as edible. Uh Paolo Lorenzoni, he's the director of the historic Gritty Hotel near the Grand Canal, says they really work. They're also colored orange, which those birds don't like. He said the birds are already learning to avoid anyone brandishing a water gun. He said as soon as they see the pistols, they'll fly away. You don't even need to use them. You just need to keep them on the table. Well, the AVA said uh, it's been considering further measures to protect tourists from gulls, including the use of electrostatic and sound-based devices. I think they're just looking for another way to spend government money because they got something that works. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> the water guns work. You're going to electrostatic and sound-based devices. That's great. <laughs> so that lady with a little dog in her purse over there, the dog is yipping, yipping, yipping. Why? Oh, it's the it's the thing for the seagulls. It's disturbing, <laughs> disturbing the dogs and the electrostatic. Yeah, the first thing is going to happen is somebody's going to wander into one of those electrostatic things and get shocked to mm-hmm. death. So just stick there to you go. just stick to the water guns. So it's funny because seagulls are attracted by the food that you throw, you know, and yeah. it's like so you know just stop feeding them. They'll go to the next guy. Uh, well, yeah. But, I mean, they could really get serious and issue real guns. LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Mac Show. And, Mark, I saw this a minute ago. I meant to tell you about it. And I apologize for uh, coming out of left field with it. Okay. There is yet another TikTok challenge. This one is called the Orbeez Challenge. Okay. Do you, have you heard of this? Uh, no. All right. Well, because I, um, I need to be very careful. Um, <laughs> Braylon has found some really interesting YouTube videos, you know, yeah. and these are young adults who have millions of dollars now because they become YouTube stars and they own things that most people their age don't own yet because, well, they're worth millions of dollars. But right. anyway, yeah, yeah. they tend to do things with Orbeez. These are the little gel beads that expand in water. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, they do all kinds of, they've, they do everything from, you know, filling up a swimming pool with Orbeez and jumping in and, you know, just neat. They do a lot of neat things with them, okay? Right. But they're things that normal adults don't do because it's such a waste of time and money. Right. But if you're a YouTube star, wasting time and money is the key. That's and it seems it. like the more time and money you waste, the more time and money you get, you know? Right. So anyway. Yeah. Uh, now this, by the way, when I looked it up, okay, it it happened in Alabama. That's what got my attention. Okay. Okay. Here's what it says. This is from ale.com. A Shelby County teen has been charged with assault after the latest TikTok trend. The Orbeez challenge left two young girls wounded in Helena. Now I think wounded might be an extreme example, you know, but the Orbeez challenge involves using air guns to shoot Orbeez gel beads that expand in water at people. The Helena police chief, Brad Flynn said authorities uh, this past Sunday received a call about a vehicle driving through one of the city's neighborhoods, firing projectiles at children that were playing outside. Hmm. Two girls ages 12 and nine were struck. One was hit in the face. The other hit in the uh, chest twice. Now Flynn says there were visible welts and red marks from where something hit them. Hmm. neighbors got the license plate before the vehicle sped away. Okay. Investigators tracked down the vehicle and were able to get a uh, confession. Okay. They entered, they, they did their job. Now the Orbeez gel bigs are bigger than a BB. And according to police, about half the size of a marble, the, I want to be very careful here because 
don't do this and right, don't yeah, suggest, you know yeah. just keep up with your kids if you've got if you've got teenagers and all of a sudden they have a bunch of these orbies things yeah realize they're probably not doing anything good with them okay um the chief said this is beyond stupid mm. this is dangerous you could seriously hurt somebody by doing this type of stuff wow. now i don't know how severe the injuries could be because though those things feel kind of soft you know yeah but anyway it's the whole idea is it's another TikTok thing. So what I did is I just did the old Google. Okay. TikTok Orbeez challenge. Boom. Here are the headlines. Police warn of viral Orbeez TikTok challenge. Dearborn, Michigan. Juveniles arrested at Tennessee school for TikTok Orbeez challenge. Juveniles arrested at Gibbs high school for the TikTok Orbeez challenge. And in Florida and Georgia. The Orbeez challenge is causing harm. Wow. So we got, these are stories that popped up immediately and there are one, two, there, there's a full, how many pages? Oh my gosh. 10 pages wow. of different Orbeez challenge, TikTok video things. Wow. So there you go. Just That's crazy. Throwing it out there. It is it's just stop the madness. Look shooting anything at anybody is yeah, stupid it is unless you're at war or defending yourself or your family okay and it doesn't matter whether it's an orbeez a bb a pellet a 22 a shotgun does not matter what the projectile is stop the madness and teach young people you do not point a gun at anyone unless you're defending yourself your family or you're at war boom Mic drop. LifeRadio.fm. Mark and Mac show where, hey, man, when you and I were kids, Mark, give a hoot, don't pollute. Woodsy <laughs> the owl was everywhere. Yep. He In was. the last year, you and I have done so many of these stories I know. that I know it's cute. Found a message in a bottle. Uh-huh. You know what you're saying? Here's my name and address. I threw trash in the ocean. <laughs> and yet, we've had enough of them that we had to build an opening for it. A message in a bottle that was thrown into the Atlantic Ocean in 1995 was discovered after it came ashore in Brittany, France. The bottle came from Jonathan Ivan Saunders, who was working as the engineer on a fishing boat from Gloucester, Mass., named the Hannah Bowden. Saunders described the boat he was on, listed its crew, including Captain Linda Greenlaw, listed his coordinates, and asked whoever found it to respond back to him with the date and location where the bottle was recovered. Saunders left his address at the bottom of the message and also placed a dollar bill inside the bottle. The letter was dated April 20th, 1995, and the bottle was released near Puerto Rico. CBS Boston spoke with uh, Greenlaw, who said she lost track of Saunders. Greenlaw also stated that dollar bills are usually placed into bottles so the finders will open them and not think they're trash. <laughs> Recently, a message in a bottle sent by a six-year-old Canadian girl in 2001 was re uh, recovered by a beachgoer in England. That girl named Anna wrote a note about not polluting <laughs> and had released the bottle in the Bahamas. <laughs> Hello, I'd like to introduce you to irony. Um, another bottle was recently found by a woman walking on a Norwegian beach with her son. The message inside was from Joanna Bucken, who described her thoughts on her school, her dog, teddy bears, and her home. But still, what gets me is she writes a note about not polluting and then throws the bottle in the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Love it. You know, Mark, <laughs> you created that uh, that. The jingle, you yes. know, for message in a bottle, because yeah. we had so many of these. And I got to be honest, I, I, I like uh, the police as a band. Oh, I, yeah. I do. I've they just have always had a unique sound. But there is one song that has always creeped me out. It was a hit. Okay, and it's called "Every Breath You Take." Oh yeah, I'll be and, watching you. You know, yeah. It's like <laughs> this is the stalkers' anthem, man. It really was, is. Think about this for just a minute. Every. <laughs> breath you take every move you make every bond you break every step you take i'll be watching you every single day 
<laughs> every word you say. Every game you play, every night you stay, I'll be watching you. Can't you see? You belong to me. Oh, gosh. My poor heart aches with every step you take. Every move you make. Every vow you break. Every smile you fake. Every claim you stake. I'll be watching you. <laughs> liferadio.fm it is the mark and mac show and can you tell us friday when it's like there's just a little bit of edge you know yeah, just a touch it's like yeah you know, so on monday or tuesday you're like that might have been too far mark but by friday it's like nah <laughs> by friday it's <laughs> there you go see <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark. In the movie The Incredibles, you know, yeah. which was an incredible film, mm-hmm. um, I the part about the wedding, you know, he's on his way, and, mm-hmm. and on his way to the wedding, he has to stop fighting crime and helping out along the way. And right. one of the things that Mr. Incredible does is he helps an old lady get her cat out of a tree. <laughs> That's true. She says, hey, he's quite tame, you know? It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Just now, my, now I gotta watch the incredible. It's been a yeah, while. I know. That's what I'm thinking. My I'm like, okay, that that's on the list for the weekend. Oh man. Well, you know, firefighters are always getting calls to rescue cats and trees and such. Mm-hmm. Well, a firefighter climbed a 30 foot tall cell phone tower Wednesday to rescue a cat spotted stranded high up on the structure. The Pune Ridge Fire Department and local Anna animal rescue volunteers, by the way, this happened in India, uh, responded, okay. to, re- responded to the tower located on the terrace of a three-story Sundar Corner building in Pune um, after a resident uh, reported seeing a cat stranded on top of the tower. Now, the firefighter <laughs> climbed the tower and attempted to lure the feline into a basket have you ever thought, did, this guy has never had cats, has he? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking right here. I'm like, really? That was your plan? Well, they were able to wrangle the uh, the cat uh, after a couple of failed capture attempts because this guy has never owned a cat and didn't know he's not, yeah. he's not going to get in a basket. He brought the feline safely back down to the ground, and the cat was returned to its owners. Wow. <laughs> now, the trees I get, okay? Yeah. But a cell mm-hmm. tower? I know. <laughs> well, sometimes they look like trees now, you know? Well, that's true. <laughs> I, I'm just reminded know. of, we had a cat up in the tree one time and, mm-hmm. you know, we couldn't get him down. So I, Andrew was, you know, trying to throw rocks at him, you know, to get him to come down. And <laughs> I'm like, don't throw rocks, you know? I'm like, really, dude? And I'm like, here, get a baseball, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You're out. Wait a minute. Mark and Mac are back. The Mark and Mac Show. Weekday mornings on liferadio.fm.